Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul thirst again this morning. Lord, I want to say thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for brand new blessings this morning. Thank you because this is the day that you have made. Scripture says that you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. And so, Father, we thank you because your word says you have loaded us with benefits, with blessings today as it begins. We say thank you for the gift of life. We say thank you for the gift of your mercies. We say thank you for the gift of grace. We say thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for the breath in our nostrils. We thank you, Lord, because we are able to cry, Abba, Father. Lord, we are able to shout hallelujah again this morning. We are able to join the hosts of heaven to cry out, Kadosh, Kadosh is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Father, we say thank you because we are able to worship you. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, as we exalt your name, we ask, Lord, this morning that you will magnify your name one more time. Lord, your name will be great in all of our lives. In the name of Jesus. Let your word resonate again in our hearts this morning. Grant us wisdom and understanding. And let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our study. We are doing an harmony of the gospel study. Yesterday, we stopped on Luke chapter 13, verse 30. Jesus was talking about the narrow way, the narrow way. And we were telling ourselves yesterday that each one of us must make the effort. It's a personal race. Make the effort to press into Christ, give our life to Jesus, to live for God, because you never know when Jesus will come back again. I want to say a big thank you to everyone joining in again this morning. I want to say thank you for your test to read the Word of God, to understand the Word of God. I pray this morning that God will open his word to you. The Lord will fill your heart with thirst, thirst for his word. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray this morning that you will know God better and better. In the name of Jesus. Alright, so we continue reading. We are going to read that verse up to verse 35. Where Jesus sorrows over Jerusalem. And then from there we will go on to we'll go on to to yes to Luke chapter 14 where Jesus challenges challenges his disciples, demands from them 
the demands of from them that grit that tenacity if they are going to follow him we will be on look for quite a while because for majority of this story there are no other parallels only luke talks about them all right please get your bibles luke chapter 13 from verse 31 at that time some pharisees came to jesus and said to him leave this place and go somewhere else Herod wants to kill you leave this place and go somewhere else Herod wants to kill you remember Herod killed John the Baptist he replied go tell that fox okay naturally of course the fox is referring to Herod go tell that fox I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow and on the third day I will reach my goal so I remember in school that we argued over this this verse that it was actually referring to the devil and not Herod okay so again it's possible that Jesus is respond, responding to the devil that is behind <laughs> Satan that is behind Herod obviously um, Herod must have allowed some things leak that would have made the Jews or yeah the Pharisees go to Jesus to tell him look <laughs> from what we are hearing Herod is coming for you you better run <laughs> and just like when Peter spoke and said look you cannot die at 33 years you are too young you cannot die and Jesus told him get behind me Satan I think it's possible that the same thing is happening here. Why? Because Jesus says, I will keep on driving out demons. It's fine. He could be saying it to Herod. Okay. But he is talking about his goal. And I think nobody else wanted to stop him from that goal greater than Satan. And he said, driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Okay? So Jesus is on his way from Judea. He's going to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, verse 34. You would kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Berukabah, Beshem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 26. Okay? So, I think Jesus is talking about towards his second coming. Because until then, okay, even up till now, you agree with me that this test that Jesus is describing here for, for the Messiah is not yet in the nation of Israel. They had missed their timing. 
they had missed their opportunity jesus said look i i longed for you i tried to gather you my children together you know like like a hen you know gathers her chicks under her wings but you guys refused you refused but he said look you will be punished for this or your house is left desolate and you will not see me again until you say Beru Kabar Beshem Adonai Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So again, Jesus is addressing that fact that each one of us must take that take that opportunity when it is available. I don't know whether Israel thought that the Messiah was always going to be available but sadly at this time the messiah was not there anymore all right let's move on to luke chapter 14 i said here jesus will challenge challenge his disciples you know shared with them the parable of the great banquet and then the pharisee visit another pharisee you know and at this table you know he he shares with him again a very important truth all right luke chapter 14 it says one Sabbath when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee. So I want to give you a challenge. How many Pharisees did Jesus go eat in their house? Okay, so um, see if you can find that one out. How many Pharisees did Jesus go eat in their house? Since one Sabbath when Jesus went to the went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully washed. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees, an expert in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? This is not the first time. Of course, he knew he was being washed. Okay, so... He had healed several people on the Sabbath. You know, at the time I said, it didn't seem as if Jesus was looking for their trouble because this was something they were fighting him over and he kept on doing it. And I feel here he's trying to resolve it once and for all. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Is it right to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath? Answer. He says, but they remain silent. They remain silent. But they remain silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Now, you know that something similar like this happened in Judea, right? Aha. But we will have to situate this because he is on his way to Jerusalem. Okay? Very important. And he said, and sent him, he healed the man and sent him on his way. Then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath day, he says, uh, will you not immediately pull it out? Of course, so I wanted to quickly check because I know uh, growing up as a child, that word ox there, we always read it as donkey okay yes we always read it as donkey and if you read the nkjv it says which of you having a donkey or an ox okay so there are manuscripts that specifically only say okay say 
donkey and ox but the most recent manuscript of course like the niv stays with just or an ox okay but it does not change what jesus is trying to teach which of you okay says then he asks if one of you as a child or an ox that fall into a well on the sabbath day will you not immediately pull it out and they had nothing to say what would they say will you leave your child in a pit to die because it's the sabbath you will say that you were saving a soul yes and you would be right that you pulled that child out of that well you will be saving a soul so how can you interpret it as anything different jesus trying to heal somebody that woman that was bent over jesus says ought not this daughter of abraham be loose from this infirmity it was on the sabbath okay so but once and for all they had nothing nothing to say seven when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table he told them this parable when someone invites you to a wedding feast do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited if so the host who invited both of you will come and say to you give this person your seat is more important than you <laughs> give this person your seat then humiliated you will have to take the least important place but when you are invited take the lowliest the lowest place so that when your host comes he will say to you friend move up to a better place so then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted you know it was james that said that humble yourself under the mighty hand of god and he will exalt you in due time humility i'm telling you we take you far be humble okay so very important very important lesson that i think if each one of us imbibe hi ha i tell you will end up on, on at the top you will end up at the top don't strive for position don't strive to want to be in front no it is better for them to to bring you to the front at that point your seat would never be taken but you place yourself there you think you are somebody important and then before you know it somebody else comes who is more important than you you will not be bitter against that person no it was always going to be like that hallelujah verse 12 says then jesus said to his host when you give you give a luncheon or dinner do not invite your friends your brothers or sisters your relatives or your rich neighbors if you do they may invite you back and so you will be repaid invitation for invitation <laughs> but when you give a banquet invite the poor the crippled the lame the blind those who can't pay you can't give you anything back in return he says and you will be blessed 14 says and you will be blessed although they cannot repay you you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous okay you will be paid at the rest the, you will be paid at the resurrection of the righteous you know i said look remember jesus said that where your treasure is there your heart will be also right <laughs> 
So it is about where you are storing up your treasure. When you are blessing those who cannot repay you back. The Bible says he will lend to the poor. Okay? He will give to the poor, lend to the Lord. Okay? Because God is the one who will pay you back. God is taking record. He's taking accounts. He's taking accounts. Okay? So, I encourage you. I encourage you this morning. Do good from those whom you don't expect anything in return. Okay? Possibly even if they can't. Of course, some might be able to to repay you back and that's fine but as a rule don't do good with the intention i'm going to get something back if they give you something back fine but do good with the intention to simply be a blessing that's what jesus is teaching let's move on to the next parable the parable of the great banquet when one of those at the table with him had this he said to jesus blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of god of course they will be blessed now, Abby. <laughs> if you make it to heaven, this the guy in a sense is correct. Yes, because blessed is the one who makes it to heaven. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Okay, so you see this this particular parable. Myself and one of the students in school. Okay, we we, we we deliberated and tried to really pull this parable in different direction because we could not explain, we could not understand why the man was thrown out. Let's read this. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. Remember that, look, this thing is situated in the east, okay? So, the way banquets and parties are held is like this. And I think, again, Jesus is referring to the nation of Israel. He says, but they all, they all alike began to make excuses. Israel began to make excuses for the reason why they, they would not accept the Messiah. He says, the, the first said, I have just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Somebody said, if you try this in Lagos, you go and buy a feed before you go and inspect it. <laughs> you will, your land will be on the Atlantic Ocean. Yes, that's where you will find your land. Uh, nobody buys a feed. Okay, maybe, maybe in some places. Uh, but you don't buy natural, okay, normally doing business. You don't buy a field before you go and inspect it. You inspect the feed and then you buy it. So this is an excuse. 19 says, another said, I have just bought five yokes of oxen and I'm on, I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Same, same problem, right? Nobody buys oxen. After paying for them, he now wants to test them. No. You test them out first and then when you feel that, oh, these guys, these things are fine, then, uh-huh, Abby, then you pay. But so this guy was, was making an, an excuse. He says, please excuse me, I want to go and try them out. He says, still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. So, my pressure, my, so I, I have always thought, so why did you even, you know, put yourself forward in the first place? Because in the nation of Israel, when you got married, you had a one year, one year sabbatical leave to be, to spend with your wife. Okay, so you shouldn't even be here. Say, still, I just got married, so I can't come. 
The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered the servant go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Bring in, just bring in everybody. That was what Jesus essentially was saying. Bring in anybody you see. See, sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Again, I said, Jesus is talking about the nation of Israel and the Gentile nation. Just like Israel made excuses, rejected the Messiah, and then he said, bring in the crippled, those whom the Jews called crippled. Okay? Just like Peter was saying, I have never heard anything like this before. The crippled, the blind, the lame, lame, the Gentile nation. He said, bring them in. And when the servant did that, he said, look, there there is still room. 23 says, then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Okay, so quite sadly that this is referring to the nation of Israel. So I was saying that myself and this, my friend, we argued on this on, because if you know, if you notice that Jesus already taught this before in Judea, right? This is happening in Perea. It stops here when it comes to this story. But when he taught it in Judea, when he taught it in Judea, you know, when Jesus will retake this story again, I, I think that I am trying to remember if we have taken this story at all. Because I know that we will still read this story in Matthew. I think it's, we've not taken it yet. That should be in Matthew, Matthew 20, 22. Okay, so Jesus talking about this story actually said, added the parts where the man should be, somebody was found there. Somebody among those, everyone that they brought in, somebody was found there who did not have clothes on. And Jesus said they should bind him and cast him into outer, you know, into outer darkness where there will be weeping, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so here Jesus focuses on the nation of Israel, right? At the end, he says, Look, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get those who were initially invited were the nation of Israel. But that one, it was that man, okay, that was thrown out, who didn't have clothes. And I said, This my friend, we argued over this. So why would they throw him out? You said anybody could come. Uh, whether they had not, he said the blind, the lame. Of course, you expect that if you were looking for the blind, the lame, the crippled and everything, some of them would have practically nothing. But still, when they came in, this guy didn't have clothes. And him not having clothes was enough reason for him to be thrown out. And eventually we concluded after they are, we, of course, we were just young Bible students then, we concluded, okay, reading on what clothes stood for. Clothes stood for, for, for the garment, the garment of righteousness. Okay, so I would think that when they were invited, each person was given a garment. Okay, somehow as this guy was eating, or he got inside, he didn't have any garments. Okay, the garment that would have shown that he was invited. He didn't have anything and he was thrown out. And we said that this is righteousness. Okay? So even though this call is open to every one of us, that call 
grants each one of us righteousness, you will still be thrown out if you don't have the righteousness that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, so let's now go to where Jesus teaches and challenges his, his disciples, the cost of being a disciple. Being a disciple, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not eat father and mother, wife and children, brother and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. This is serious. Okay, Jesus was literally pitting himself against family and God. Choose one. So is God saying, choose me and reject your family? No. Remember what he's saying again. If anyone comes to me and does not eat, eat father, mother, wife, children, blah, 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 blah. Such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Jesus is saying that if you put these people, if you put family before me, you cannot be my disciple. If you cannot take up your cross, okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you know what it means to be his disciple, right? Those who were following him around. If you were not ready to pay the cross, the, the cost... You can't be my disciple. The cross meant that you were ready to die. Okay? Those who carried their crosses were those who have been sentenced. Meant you were ready to die. Jesus is saying, look, if you are not ready for that, you cannot be my disciple. I don't know whether being a disciple is equal to being a child of God. Okay? So don't, don't mix them up together. <laughs> being a child of God will be different from being a disciple. A disciple is somebody he could rely on, somebody he could send on errand, somebody he could he could delegate things to. Okay, for you to be able to do that, you must be ready to give up your own life. Essentially, if you have given up your own life, of course, father, mother, wife, and children they would not mean anything. So, what I pick from here is the cost, the willingness to be able to pay the price. To pray the price. I remember one teaching I once had back then at a conference I went to. The man made a quote. He said, The 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 worth of a man is in the price that is willing is willing to pay. The worth of any man is in the price that is willing to pay to achieve. His vision to achieve his goal, something like, something like that. He says, "Follow me, uh, okay." Does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Twenty Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. He says, "Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish." Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able to, with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? He says, if he is not able, he will send he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up 
everything you have cannot be my disciple. You see that? He's talking about commitment. If you are not willing to give up everything, you cannot be his disciple. See, salt is good, but it loses its salt. But if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manual pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. In other words, salt is for a purpose. There is a purpose for which salt is called salt. Okay? Obviously, it is to make something tasty, food to be tasty and sweet. But when the salt loses that, that purpose or loses that ability to be able to serve a food, what will you use it for? You will throw it away to be thrown out. So each one of us must realize that we have a purpose. There's a reason why God sent you into this world. And God will ask you when we stand before him. Okay? So very importantly, we must be ready for those of us who, who say we are disciples of Jesus. I am a disciple of Jesus. I am a disciple of Jesus. Be willing to pay the price. Hallelujah. Alright, so let's move to Luke chapter 15. Here Jesus teaches about various, continues his teaching about various parables. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost son, different parable. Let's just take the parable of the lost sheep. If we can, we take the coin and then we'll stop today. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all, Luke chapter 15 verse 1, were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Okay? John didn't welcome sinners. They said he had a demon. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> welcomes sinners and tax collectors. They say that he is casting out demons with the prince of demons. <laughs> you see, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it somebody might be thinking that does not make any sense why will he leave the 99 because they are together they are bonding together okay it's easier for they are protected but you see this one sheep that is that is isolated that is lost I, i'm sure you you watch national joe wide when lions want to attack attack the animals even whether it's a deer or or a wooder beast or maybe a buffalo they go for that one that is stranded okay that one that is isolated so it is not likely that the that the the devil or the animal will attack the 99 banded together but you see this one that is isolated the devil will likely go for it, for him or her so jesus says the good the, the the shepherd goes after this lost sheep he says uh, go after the lost sheep until he finds it. See, and when he finds it, when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Let's take the parable of the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. 
Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I'm telling you, there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that finds God. Hallelujah. And so it must be part of our duty you know, to, to bring people to Christ so that there will be rejoicing in heaven. But my focus this morning as we go is that cost of being a disciple Jesus spoke about. That willingness to be able to pay the price. Jesus says, if you love father, mother, children more than me, you are not ready to be my disciple. If you are not willing to give up everything, take up your cross, you cannot be my disciple. Are you ready this morning? Are you ready to give up everything for the Messiah? Are you ready to give up everything for God? Father, help us this morning. To lay it all down. Yes, Lord, as your children, as your messengers, Lord, help us to lay everything down for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.